Welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. In this episode, I want to talk directly to my brethren, those that consider themselves Christians, whatever flavor that may be. Used to people called it denominations, but I want to call it flavors. And hopefully those that might listen to this podcast and do not consider themselves Christians will be able to get something out of it also. But the reason I want to talk just to Christians is because today we live in a world that People do not want to listen to the church. They do not want to believe in absolutes. They do not want to believe in the fact of a loving God that tells us what to do. And truthfully, I don't blame them in a lot of ways because when they look at the church, they see a lot of different things being said from a lot of different areas and they don't agree. And yet, they see that there's supposed to be one God that was our creator. At least that's what Christians say. So if there's this one God that is our creator, how can all of these people be right? So I want to talk about something our pastor brought up, and that's about having good relationships with others. It's a continuation of something I said in another podcast where I talked about my friend and I where we came together to study the Bible, and he said, forget his beliefs, me forget my beliefs from my heritage and his heritage, and we could come closer together. But if we both came with our ideas we would grow further apart. So I want to expand on that a little bit, but I want to use a section of Scripture from Romans 14. And I hope this doesn't sound too preachy to you today, as someone told me I didn't need to be preachy when I was doing these podcasts. And that's not my intent. My intent is not to shame you or to browbeat you or to even preach at you. My goal is to get you to think about something. And my goal today is specifically to get people who belong to the body of Christ and call themselves Christians to think about good relationships and how not having those good relationships has hindered the world from knowing the truth that we say we believe. So let's get started. And I'll start by reading from the message, Romans chapter 14, beginning with the first verse. Welcome with open arms, fellow believers, who don't see things the way you do, and don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with, even when they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. As I begin to expound on this, I'll tell you of something that happened early when I was first an ordained minister. I moved to a little town called Lake Providence, Louisiana, and immediately observed two things that I thought that was kind of goofy, borderline crazy. The first one was, this was a very segregated area. You could tell there was the both sides of the tracks where, quote, the blacks lived and the white lived. And the purpose of the church was to bring people to Jesus Christ. But as I was to go about doing my job and go out and knock on doors, I was told that if I knocked on a door and someone came to the door that didn't look like me, in fact had a different skin color, that I should just walk away, make an excuse, or go somewhere else, but not talk to them. Now, I know what you are thinking. Most of you are thinking, well, that would be obvious because when you say there's two sides of towns, there's the poor side and the rich side. Well, that wasn't true in this little town. You really couldn't tell the difference between the houses, who lived in what house, It wasn't a matter of being a poor, run-down section of town and a more affluent side of town. Everybody pretty much lived in the same type of house. And so, in my logic, I'm like, 
well, what am I supposed to do? Carry a Kirby vacuum cleaner with me? And when they answer the door, say, hey, do you have a vacuum cleaner? Can I sell you one? That would have never worked. Also in that same little town, the Church of Christ and the Christian church, which I belong to, were having struggles and they weren't getting very big and they weren't growing and they weren't winning people over to Christ. And so we thought maybe we could combine the two churches. Well, we started talking and we were going to get the elders together. And really and truthfully, a lot of the differences, the biggest difference between us and them was we had an organ in our church and they did not because in their belief system, the New Testament didn't say anything about instruments in the church. Now, in the Old Testament, instruments were talked about all the time especially in the Psalms. But in the New Testament, it said sing songs and hymns to one another, but with no reference to instrumental accompaniment. So we just stopped and we talked for a while, but it all bogged down when the group I belonged to, I'm ashamed to say, the elders that I belonged with, decided that, nope, we just couldn't talk to them because we absolutely had to have that instrument. We had to have it in every service. We had to have it every time we had worship service, or somehow we were dishonoring God by not having that musical accompaniment. And the talks faded away. Well, this presented a problem because people in the area knew that the Church of Christ and the Christian Church referred to themselves as New Testament churches. And it didn't take an Einstein to figure out there's only one New Testament when it comes to Christian belief system. So who was right? Who had the gospel down to a T? Who held the truth? So you can see where this was a problem. And that is what is motivating my thoughts today. You see, the church has argued over dancing. The church has argued over card playing. The church has argued over immersion, sprinkling, pouring, all of these things. And yet, when I've talked to people from each of these different areas, their whole purpose was to introduce people to Jesus Christ because they truly believed that he was the way to eternal life. Now, I want to read just a little further from the message and then close this session out. For instance, a person who has been around for a while might well be convinced that he can eat anything on the table while another with a different background might assume he should not only be a vegetarian, eat accordingly, but since both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they failed to criticizing what the other side ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited them both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. See, our biggest problem is we really don't trust God to take care of changing the heart of human beings and bringing them into line with his word. We figure we have to tell them everything they have to do. And in so doing, we have shown to the world that we don't live in unity, that we don't keep the spirit of unity amongst ourselves. Because to the world, we present a fact that, no, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And I don't really think we're ever going to change the world until we get to that one truth, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And as Acts tells us, and most churches agree with this, when he said that he was the only way of salvation, that nobody came to the Father except through him, and there was no other name 
under heaven whereby to be saved. So as I finish up this week, I'd like you to really think about the fact as you're going out there as a Christian representing Christ, that you do it in a loving manner, that you do it in a manner that takes into consideration that everybody you run into has their own history to deal with, that they're coming from a different experience from you, and that you would realize, just as it said in that very last section I read, that if there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. You simply need to point to Jesus. For he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Can we look at those things that unite us and talk about those? I am sure Satan has had a heyday as we've gone through modern culture and watched the church, as it says in Galatians, bite and devour itself as we looked at things that were non-essential to Jesus, but we thought were so essential to us. May you have a blessed, favored, and protected week.